the High Vibe Nation is live. Welcome to the High Vibe Nation. The goal is to raise the vibration of every human being on the planet. Your host on this journey is Sherry Gideon. So let's join her now in her current interview with a high vibing individual. Hello and welcome to High Vibe Nation, the number one positive media show focused on raising the vibe of the planet. I'm your host, Sherry Gideons, and today my special guest is Christina Flack. Christina is a celebrity makeup and hair artist, and she is the creator and the CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup. In this episode, we'll be talking about her husband, Ken Flack, a number one tennis player, four-time Grand Slam champion, and how he developed sepsis. Her work is to raise awareness of the disease and talk about how his tragic um, passing has affected her and how she wants to change that in the world. We'll also be discussing how she is a celebrity makeup artist and how she really gives back and wants to help people feel beautiful and uh, enjoy life. And I would like to welcome to the show, Christina Flack. Hi, how are you? Nice to I meet you. I am awesome. So what a pleasure to meet you. I mean, I was reading about your story and really going through the whole thing. And, you know, you and I have so many, you know, similarities. Um, just I have twins. Oh. And and then also I've had two, two near-death experiences myself. And so that's what I really want to discuss today is your incredible story. But I want you to start out with, you know, telling us a little bit about the passing of your child at four and a half months and how that set the stage for years later and how you dealt with the passing of your husband. So my son, Bo, uh, is a twin and he's Ben's twin and he passed away on Christmas day, uh, 15 years ago at four and a half months old and, uh, from SIDS. And so it was catastrophic to my life and my family, uh, my marriage ended in divorce, which happens, like they say, 90% of the time after a child passes away. Mm -hmm. I went into a very dark place after he passed. I just was taking sleeping pills during the day just to numb myself so I could function with my other children. Um, and it didn't go on long. It was about a month, but it was long enough that my family, my friends stepped in and said, you know, stop, get, you've got to get it together. And so I just got back on my normal, very disciplined trail of waking up with the green juice and tea and yoga meditation uh, and giving back. I started a uh, educational fund at the Northern Light School in Oakland, California, uh, called the Baby Bow Fund. And then I started a garden at the Edna McGuire School with my friend Lisa Zimmer, who was the principal at the time. There's an outdoor classroom named after my son, Bo. Uh, education and nutrition are incredibly important to me and I didn't want my son to be forgotten. So I felt like this was something that I could do to give back, but also put some focus and energy onto something positive and not just wallowing in, in misery. And so when my husband, Ken, after that, um, well, let me ask you a question. How long ago was that for you? 
when you when the passing of your son happened. Years ago. Yes. Wow. Wow. What year was that? Let's see. 2000. Uh, Two thousand six, I think. Okay, okay, um, and that was right before the crash, and and where you know we were really beginning to shift as a world and a nation, kind of more of understanding how to tap into ourselves. Right. Wow. So, yeah, it was a hard time, but I also knew that when my husband. So after that, I got divorced, um, and then I met the love of my life, Ken Flack, and I thought, you know, nothing bad can happen to me now because that had happened yeah. and so i it was a really great time ken and i met in 2010 uh, we were married for eight years uh our we blended our families our children all got along it was it was a beautiful thing and uh my ex-husband got along with they all it was just a nice big family having two dads for my kids they were very blessed and and then in 2018 my husband got a cold which turned to bronchitis and then to pneumonia within a matter of days uh, we had called our doctors at Kaiser Permanente in California who didn't see him and prescribed the wrong medicine that made sepsis grow in his body. They gave him cough medicine with codeine and inhaler and no antibiotic to counter the infection. So that made the, the, the cough medicine with codeine is very dangerous. If you have an infection in your body and you take that, you can go septic because it slows down your breathing so much the infection can grow at an insane rate. What exactly is sepsis for our viewers who don't know what that is? Very good question. Sepsis is an infection of the blood that attacks all your vital organs and shuts them down in a, very quickly. So if you have a, a cut or an infection somewhere in your body, it can become septic. Um, the Sepsis Alliance contacted me after my husband passed and asked if I'd be willing to raise awareness uh, to other people, you know, to honor my husband, but using his name, because obviously people are a lot more inclined to speak with me because of who my husband was. And I, I thought that would be a good idea to, I didn't want anyone else to feel the loss of their loved one the way my family has. And, and I thought it would be a great idea. And so I never expected to be a sepsis awareness advocate, but here I am. Uh, the, the Sepsis Alliance has a website that your listeners can go to at sepsis.org. And there, if you scroll down, there's a little diagram that says time. And what time is, T is for temperature. You can be incredibly hot or incredibly cold. Uh, I is for infection in some place in your body. M is for mental decline. You start feeling like they're not able to really think the way they did before. Uh, and then E is for excruciating pain. You feel like you're dying because you are. Your organs are going to shut down. So if you have any of those signs of any, get to an, an emergency or the doctor and get a blood test, tell them you think you might be septic and they will get you on. If you are septic, uh, they'll put you on an IV antibiotic and you'll survive. But it is not something that you can wait for tomorrow. Sepsis is not a forgiving disease. If you wait till tomorrow, you may not wake up or you or it's too late. Wow. You know, it, the thing that comes to mind right off the get-go when I'm hearing you talk about this is um, how often misdiagnoses occur because the same thing happened to me. I had a massive heart attack a week after delivering twins. 
um, because they told me there was nothing wrong with me. And I was blowing up like a tomato that you could have stuck a pin in. And they kept saying, oh, it's probably due to, you know, having twins. Well, long story short, I knew there was something wrong. And um, one week later, I go into total cardiac arrest and, 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 and had a massive heart attack. And the same thing happened with my daughter. My grown daughter had um, cancer at 27 and they told her it was just a virus. And she went a whole month like going downhill before finally they come back and she has zero immune system when they finally diagnosed her with leukemia. So how did you, I mean, it just listening to this story so far, it makes me think, how is he so misdiagnosed for this well, to happen so suddenly? It's very easy. If your doctors don't see you, they can't determine really how, what you are. You're, if you're speaking on the phone, it's not even a Zoom. It's a phone call. And right. so we just actually won a malpractice lawsuit against Kaiser. Um that the judge ruled that they were completely at fault for the death of my husband. So that just happened actually last Friday. And so I do want there to be change in the Kaiser system. You need to see your patients because there will be loss of life. They factor that into their business plan. The problem with Kaiser, a company like that, they're an insurance company, but they're also the doctors. It's a total conflict of interest. Yeah. So they don't want, you know, it costs money when they see patients, they want them to, do it over the phone. So here's the other thing I've learned. If you, you know, if you have a cold and how you feel, if you don't, you have to be your own best advocate. You have to know you, we, Ken and I just respected the doctor and did exactly what he said. We thought, oh, well, he just has a very bad like bronchitis or cold. We never thought in a thousand years that this was going to, you know, that he'd be on life support in 16 hours after we spoke to the doctor. And so you really do need to listen to your body and the signs your body's giving you. And if it, if it doesn't feel or sound right to you, get another opinion, go somewhere else. You just have to, or you will, you know, you could possibly die. And that's just the reality. Oh, there's such power in that because that's where we're at as a society right now is we're realizing that we do have to be our best advocate. And it was the same thing with me in my situation. I was begging them to figure out what was wrong with me because just like you're talking about, I knew. And I feel like right now more than ever, just what you said is so vital for people to hear and receive because our body is always telling us, you know, what's going on. Our, our bodies are constantly giving us signs. If we're dehydrated, our lips get chapped. If we still don't listen, you get a headache. They're, our bodies are just an amazing, they're amazing. And so we do just need to be a little bit aware and, and don't ignore these signs. You just, it's so unbelievable to me that on a Wednesday, we called Ken's doctors. Thursday, he's on life support. Monday, we took him off life support. Like it was that fast. Wow. And Quite frankly, he it, it could have been we could have taken him off life support sooner, but I didn't I couldn't give up. I'm like, you know, keep trying. His arms, his hands and feet started turning black because the organs had shut down. And we had him on an ECMO machine. I mean, we did everything that we could possibly do to save him. And it, the sepsis just took over. 
Wow. So Kellen Ann, thank you for being here on the show live with us today. Uh, she's saying, I am constantly fighting with insurance companies for my mom's care. Doctors are afraid to prescribe medications, medications that are needed for her survival. And it is so frustrating. I totally understand that. And again, you just have to kind of be a cow and just go, okay, guess what? I'm letting you know if something happens, I'm holding you liable. I will be calling my attorney. You just almost have to be incredibly aggressive because that is the only, the only thing that really gets to these insurance companies is, oh, wow, if there's potentially going to be a lawsuit, yeah, maybe they'll do something different. You don't want to, I guess you are, be a bulldog. <laughs> I call myself a cow, but <laughs> no, it's just, you, you have to, and you, it, it's unfortunate that we have to, to be like that, but we do. And so you have to do whatever you have to do to get your, you know, your loved one seen and, and treated. And unfortunately, I would, I'm trying now, since we've had this incredible verdict that the judge ruled and, and let me tell you, it wasn't easy. It was four years. Um, you're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, you know, it was four years of, of having to relive this all the time and a two week trial. And the judge ruled normally, the, uh, my lawyer had mentioned that after a ruling, it's like a, a seven to eight page like document saying as to why he ruled. And in our case, it was 170 pages as to why. So now I want to make change in the medical system. I want people to be seen. You can't treat, it's not humanly possible to treat a patient over the phone. Right. You can't take their temperature. You can't take their pulse. You can't do anything. So it's amazing. You know, I mean, obviously people are going to die. It's not an if, it's a when. But if we can omit it happening and people dying needlessly, that needs to happen. You know, think about 100 years ago. You went to a doctor. The end. That was it. There was no, oh, we'll do a Zoom. Oh, a call. So... I do hope that, you know, and there's so many amazing doctors out there. I'm not trying to say that all these doctors, it's the insurance companies. Our insurance system's crazy. You know, look at how much medicine costs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking too, and, and I relate a lot to this, but in my case in 2004, um, I remember the, I remember waking up and the doctor leaning over me and telling me he was sorry. And, and what was so interesting about the experience is I didn't press charges. I didn't go further in the court case and stuff like that. But for myself, the person I became, the person I, I mean, I'd already stepped into that because of having had a near-death experience so many years earlier. And, and I realized just like yourself and advocates for sepsis, that experience from the time you lost your small child to the woman you are today, there's been, as you said, the signs, so many instances right. that experiences have been brought to you to build that inner strength, to build that inner power, to build that amazing Christina that you are. And like you said, stand strong as the cow or the bulldog or whatever we want to call ourselves and be willing to be a vehicle and a voice for sepsis. Absolutely. And I do feel you know, it's interesting. I was on a talk show in LA, I don't know, a year or so ago, and it, with these two psychiatrists, it was so interesting because 
they, they taught, we were speaking about post-traumatic shock, but the woman said, you know what you've had, you've had post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. And so that is an interesting perspective. I feel now that we have a choice in life. We can choose to be happy. We can choose to be miserable. I choose to be productive and happy and have a positive life because it, my behavior, my life, my children are affected by that. So if I'm unstable in a mess, it's going to affect them. And I don't want that to happen. So that gives me strength. Mm -hmm. It also gives me strength to help other people. I, I, I just feel like it's a, it's not all about me. It's, there's other people that, that can be affected in a positive way. We don't have to grieve with a black veil on and just feel like we can never love again. We can never be happy again or, or, or feel guilty about laughing and being happy. That's, I, I had a, I had an experience. I was hiking one day and I could hear my husband saying to me, I can't tell you how hard it is to be looking down on you and try to comfort you. I can't comfort you the way you are used to me comforting you of hugging you and loving you and laying next to you and watching you miserable and crying is killing me. So I thought about it like that, like, wow, well, how would I feel if I had to look down upon him or my kids and, and they were, you know, miserable because of me. And so I thought, you know, the best thing I can do is try and manage it. You don't get over someone dying, right? You learn to manage your feelings and your grief. And so believe me, I have plenty of days, for example, on Friday, when we got our, our verdict back. I was so happy and relieved, but then I was also so sad to like actually read in black and white print that Kaiser is responsible for the death of my husband. Like, mm. ugh, that was unbelievably painful. I mean, I knew it was true, but then to really see that a third person heard all the expert witnesses and, and ruled that, that they were the cause. It, 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 I'm still kind of like wobbly right now. Right, right absorb that you know our our children are it's hard for it's hard for the kids you know it really is it's hard yeah. for all of us he was such a huge presence in our life and so he was everything to all of us and so to lose that needlessly is just it's horrible it really is there is no amount of money or anything that they could give me that will replace my husband nothing no so for me being able to, you know, you're so kind to listen to my story. I really do want to make change in the world of medicine. I just do. And I, I, you know, I get letters from people that tell me they've heard an interview and they have now gone on and they, they, someone they know had sepsis and they were saved. So that makes me happy. One of my dearest friends, Melinda, her husband, she is now one of my good friends, her husband, she heard an interview. She took him to the hospital. He was, they didn't want, they didn't think he was septic. And I said, just get the blood test. And he was, so we saved him. And then unfortunately, and this was so strange, two years later, and like a couple days before my husband's anniversary of his death, her husband got sepsis again and died. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, yeah, take a moment again to tell us, for those who are just joining the show, we've got a lot of people who are now joining the show. Tell us once again, you know, what exactly is sepsis and, you know, how that hit your husband so quickly. I want to make sure everybody hears that again. 
So sepsis is an infection of the blood that attacks all your vital organs. So you may have a cold, a cut, an infected tooth or bronchitis or pneumonia. And if, if, it, if you're not seen within this golden window, it can attack your vital organs and you can die. It's that simple. And you can go to sepsis.org um, and see the sign. If you scroll down, there's a time, to, it says time, and you can see what the signs of sepsis are. And I think what is so great for me doing these interviews is just to get uh, people organically talking about, do you know what sepsis is? Do you know what the signs are? And just get people to have conversation and, and dialogue about what the signs of sepsis are so there is less loss of life. A quarter of a million people die a year from sepsis. That's crazy. That's, and, and I'm sure, I don't even know what the percentage is of people that don't know what it is, that they're not aware of the signs or the symptoms. Wow, wow, wow. And for those of you who are listening, this is Christina Flack, her husband, Ken Flack, number one tennis player, four-time Grand Slam champion, developed sepsis and literally passed away within just a few days. And Christina is here speaking to all of us about how to raise awareness of this disease. And if you know people who may be experiencing something similar to what she is sharing here, definitely be more aware. Like Robert's saying, you know, he's shared this. And hey, Frazier, so good to have you from Scotland. Christina, he's saying hello to my guest. So. Hi, how are you? Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. So happy to have you here with us today. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you sharing this because it's it, it has definitely hit near and dear to my heart as well. And I think of, you know, just the woman that you have become. I mean, that's what like I can feel you when you're talking and sharing this from your heart. And I'm a believer that it's how you respond and how you behave in the moment that draws to you experience that is of either what you want or what you don't want. So when you're after this all happened and you are dealing in the moment with your children and your own grief and trying to stay strong for your children, what have you helped your children to understand about this over the last several years? Actually, my children have been amazing. Um, my kids, it's so funny. My daughter, Melania, she's 28 and she had come into my office right after Ken passed and I was so angry and scared and devastatedly sad, obviously. And she just said to me, mommy, you have to be grateful for the time you have with dad. You just have to, you can't hate the world and be mad. And it was so, you know, it totally changed my perspective on that. And I went to a grief camp at Canyon Ranch um, that was very helpful. It was very painful to go through all that. But uh, there was a rabbi there named Sherry Hirsch, and she had written a book called We Plan and God Laughs. Mm. And you don't need to. It's a fantastic book, and you don't have to have lost someone. It's just kind of about life's ups and downs of riding the wave and know that things are going to happen and how you choose to deal with them. I felt really great that my kids have been very – generous with their time. Uh, my son, Ben, Bo's twin, um, has been, Ken played in this as well, a celebrity golf tournament at the North, for the Northern Lights School uh, that we have the foundation set up for. Uh, my son is 15 and the last uh, five years he has been playing in this golf tournament to raise money for the foundations. 
And this past October, he raised $36,000. So he's raised over $100,000, my 15-year-old son. And wow. Amazing. So the $36,000 will enable 10, three children to go to private school for a year. And so I feel that it's really important. You can't just be related to Ken Flack and get free tickets to Wimbledon. You need to give back. You need to use his name to honor him to do great things and to help others. And so I am so proud of all my children that have, have you know, participated. And I feel that it makes us feel good to not let Ken or Bo's memory just disappear and, and helping others. How, how great does it feel that these kids can go to private school for a year? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I think it is because my kids have been doing these things since they're young. I think that they will be doing that for the rest of their life, uh, giving back. And I just think it's just part of something that we do every day or try to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for those of you who are watching and listening, this is Christina Flack. She's had some pretty amazing experiences in her life. And I say amazing because I feel like the woman she is today has been set up to be the strong advocate for sepsis. She lost her child, her, you know, a set of twins, one of the twins at four and a half months. And then years later, lost her husband, Ken Flack, number one tennis player, four-time Grand Slam champion, who developed sepsis very quickly and passed away within a, you know, a few days. And she's been sharing the story here with all of us today. Christina, how are you helping other people deal specifically with grief? I mean, you know, you said you were angry and, and I get that. I mean, we all have to process our anger and our resentment and our whys, but how are you helping other people who may be going through similar experiences to deal with their own anger and stress and grieving? Well, I think at the beginning of grief, I, it just is so, the magnitude of it is just monstrous. And so I think what I've been trying to do is help others to grieve positively. And at the beginning of grief, like right, like the, you know, first month or so, you're so fragile. You, I couldn't sleep because my husband was my ambient. I'd smell him and sleep. Mm -hmm. So I would wrap a, his shirt around my head at night and try and fall asleep just so I could smell him. But I did realize that if I got too hungry, too tired, too thirsty, didn't exercise, didn't get some fresh air, everything seemed a thousand times worse than it really was. So I really focused on being disciplined and waking up and exercising and eating well. And so I think if you can start out doing that and you've got to feel it. I remember I kept saying to everyone, I just want to feel normal. I just want to feel normal. Well, my normal, my old normal is definitely not this normal. So I had to figure out what my new normal was. I remember I, my agent called, just talked to me and make sure I was okay and said, well, what can I do? And I said, oh, well, get me on a shoot. Mm -hmm. Obviously a makeup artist. So I'm always happy when I'm on set. So she's like, are you sure? And I said, yes, I know I'll feel better if I can do a shoot. I don't care who it's with. I don't even care if they pay me. Um, so she booked a job with uh, Third Love. It's a lingerie brand. And I remember getting there going, oh, God, I can't wait to get there. I'm going to feel normal. I'm going to feel normal. Well, guess what? I got there and I did not feel normal. I was like, what am I doing here? It's been seven days since my husband died. I was out of my mind. Wow. That's a quick, girl. I, I know, but I was so desperately trying to just not 
to melt to, to soften this pain. And I just had to realize nothing but time was going to heal that pain. And being grateful, and I know it sounds so cliche, oh, be grateful, and but I, I really try to focus on the things I'm grateful for and my children and my work. And I have, it's so, and I was on this other show and I was in the green room waiting and I heard, that it was on the Doctor Channel on Sirius, and I heard the host say, we have this guest on, she's had the most tragic life. And I thought, oh, I wonder who that is. And then she said my name. And I'm like, what? And I just thought, you know what? My, I, when I got on, I said, you know, thank you for having me, but I'm sorry. I'm going to have to disagree with you. My life is not tragic. I'm not tragic. I've had tragedies, but I, I've had a billion blessings. I've had miracles and incredible things happen to me. And so it, it is definitely a, a choice on how you choose to look at your life and how you choose to live your life. So you just hit the nail on the head. So true. As my business partner, Kenyatta Turner always says, behavior matters. And it's, it's, it's that choice in the moment. It's the perspective that you have set your intention on reaching for joy or reaching for something that feels good. And as we build that muscle, I like to call it muscle, as we build that muscle of awareness, what happens is, is we begin to connect daily with more joy and, and our cup runs over. So I really appreciate you, you know, making sure that you share that part of gratitude. Yeah, I, it really does help. I've prayed. I, I just, there's nothing more I can do than, than to be grateful. I'm so grateful that I was his wife and, and had that experience. And he brought so much my daughter, this was another thing she said to me, you know, mom, before you met Ken, you were so brokenhearted over Bo. He made you laugh again. He made all of us laugh again and smile. My ex-husband, my kids. And for that, I am forever grateful because if we didn't have that joy of him, I don't think we would be where we are today. So everyone comes into our life for a reason, a season or a lesson. And so, you know, Ken just brought so much love and joy into our life. And I love how you shared when you had that experience, you know, hiking and stuff, because having had those kind of experiences myself, I'm very aware that our spirits are always here, that they're forever. And so Ken was truly with you. Oh, Ken is still with you. He is. For I can hear him right now. For eternity, we had a big kind of our little joke. One of our little running jokes was, do you know that show Curb Your Enthusiasm? Larry David. Yeah. Yep. There was an episode with, uh, they were going to renew their wedding vows and it was for eternity. And he's like, I, it's this lifetime. I'm not doing eternity. But then he finally gave into eternity. And so Ken, it was one of our anniversaries. And he said to me, all right, fine. You get eternity. <laughs> So I, uh, I, he's, he's here. And I know, I know he is so proud of me. I mm -hmm. can just hear him like, oh, my wife kicked Kaiser's ass. And, you know, I, I, that makes me happy. It really does. I'm glad that I make him proud at night. Oh my God. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to talk about what are you doing right now? I know you're also a celebrity makeup artist and you, gosh, you've, worked with so many different celebrities and doing their makeup and hair and stuff like that. You know, tell us how you got started as a makeup artist and, and you know, celebrity makeup artist. Let me take that back. 
that part took a while. <laughs> I started out, um, I did my mom's makeup one time when I was young. She had brain cancer when I, she was diagnosed with brain cancer when I was eight. And I, she was going on a date with my dad. And I remember she didn't have a ton of makeup, but I thought, oh, well, I, I should be able to do this. I didn't even know if I, I didn't really care about makeup at the time, but I knew that it, it, she looked and felt better. And that's what let, left this lasting impression on me was how she felt. And even now, it's so fun. That is one of the fun things about being a makeup artist. I can transform someone into looking like the best version of themselves. And it's how they feel on the inside that feels it's so satisfying to me that I'm able to do that. I love working with you know different teams of fashion houses I've worked with, different TV shows, different, you know, it's the best job ever. I actually, my agent just called today and I am doing Rita Moreno's makeup, I think on Friday for People Magazine. So I'm super Oh my excited. God. Yeah, that's a big one. So yeah, uh, I have been so blessed working with all these incredible people. And Who are some of the celebrities you've worked with? Uh, Hilary Swank, Condoleezza Rice, Journey, Metallica, uh, Ted Cruz. My era. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Washington, Tyler Florence, Bobby Flay. Um, I have been very blessed to work with some amazing, amazing people. And uh, it's it's really fun. It's always different. You're somewhere different. Last two weeks ago, I was working with the CEO of uh, Ford Motor Cars. Um, I did the new CEO of Instacart, Tucker Carlson, Dana Perino. I've been it's it's oh you're somewhere different all the time and it's kind of like being at camp for the day you yeah. you're with them all day long and it's so interesting you get this kind of one it's like an interview you get to have alone time with them and usually they're really you know they're great they want to talk you know but sometimes i have to be respectful that they're just wanting to be in their own space and not talk at all so uh you have to gauge that rather quickly and mm -hmm. because you want them to go besides making them look their best, you want them to feel their best when they get in front of the camera. So it's it's important if they need some quiet or need a cup of tea or whatever it is, I need to kind of figure that out, engage it and, and make it happen. I can relate a lot with that because I'm a retired pro bodybuilder. Oh, wow. I was in, you know, I was in all the fitness magazines. I was a fitness model as well. So I would have the makeup artists, of course, do my makeup and my God, they'd transfer me to this, you know, whole new look and it was just freaking awesome but the feeling is what you're so on right on with I would tap into this feeling of just joy and you know admiration of you know how a person like yourself could transform my face so dramatically with makeup and then you know it is it's it's a freaking awesome and then what you said about you know respecting the I was a celebrity personal trainer Oh, wow. So, so worked with celebrities as well, but it doesn't matter if they're celebrities. The cool thing about what you're bringing forward is you're being respectful that one, they're people just like us. They are. They you are. Know, but two, they have their other, their other things that, you know, are their priorities and their responsibilities. But I feel like what you're really doing is, is also being mindful of how to bring more peace and more joy within them when they are on a set or something like that. It's true. I, it's interesting. I have, I really love aromatherapy. And so I will oftentimes give them a hand massage with aromatherapy oils to just get them into a nice place. Um, and sometimes they just really want to listen. 
they, they want you to listen. And obviously I'm never allowed to reveal what those is gone on between them, but it's, you know, they sometimes want to hear Condoleezza Rice, I can say this, but she was so lovely. She came in by herself. She didn't have any handlers or anything. And she is a golf freak and wow. in all the best way. And she, um, my kids are golfers. They've played uh, in college, junior golf and in college, and they have the same coach as, as Condoleezza had. And so we chatted about golf. So that was something I wasn't expecting to. You know, oh my God, that's cool. Bobby Flay knew was a big tennis fan, and um, I had heard he was a little challenging, but he couldn't have been more lovely. He was so funny. Made me a cup of tea. He was. Uh, he said, "Are you married to Ken Flack?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "How the hell did you get that guy to marry you?" He actually said, "How the f did you get that guy to marry you?" <laughs> Why? Want me to marry him? That's what I want to know. But. Um, you know, Tyler Florence is a dear friend of mine. He and his wife were my neighbors uh, in Mill Valley, and and I've been his stylist for a long, long time. And so it's so much fun. It really is. It's intense, though. I mean, it's long hours. You wake up, or you know, the other day when I was going to the Ford shoot, I was up at three thirty in the morning, had to get tested for COVID, and then then did the whole day. So it's a long it's a long day, but it's it's always fun and interesting. Robert's saying to us, it feels pretty good to be someone who is around often enough because of live streams, those who inspire that I'm able to remind them of what they are, who they've helped, what they've done, and that they are respected, appreciated, and loved. Having opportunities to view this puts me in the moon. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, you're you're, you're so right. It's so funny. So, so many of the um, celebrities that you mentioned um, I, I know of, and I uh, literally did 147 charity and celebrity golf tournaments a year. I was a business consultant in Los oh Angeles. Gosh. So I got to meet celebrities on a regular basis and hobnob with them. And I, and I, and I love so many of the things you're talking about. In my case, I always talk to them about spirituality and, you know, how to breathe and how that, like you said, aromatherapy is huge. <laughs> look, look, I got them all. I've got them all right here. Of course, of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how breath, how important breath is. We don't realize how we hold our breath all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I catch myself driving and I'm like, I have to exhale because sometimes I forget to breathe. And that's another thing during the grieving process. Just taking a minute to breathe, taking a minute to just take a minute because when we have, we as a culture are so ill prepared for death. We think it's just this horrible thing. I mean, it is horrible, but it's, but we're ill prepared. We don't think, I, I love hearing people say, well, if my husband died and then I say, uh, when your husband dies, mm -hmm. everyone's going to lose their person. You're going to die one day. Everyone is. Uh, I don't look at it as a bad thing. I look at it as, wow, I get to go up to heaven and be with my husband, be with my baby and all my other relatives. Like, I can't wait. No, I mean, I, I can wait, but you know what I mean? Like, I do not a terrible, it, we don't need to view death as this awful, awful thing. And I think if we can just live life while we're here to the fullest, if you find someone you love, love the hell out of them and laugh and do things that bring you joy. Do a job that you like. If you don't like your job, find another one. If you don't like where you live, move. 
I really get frustrated, I think, after, after having all these experiences that people just sit and complain about their life and do nothing to fix it. So I think that's one of the things that I've learned is just really try to live life to the fullest and be happy and choose to do things that bring you joy and to help others. Cause I do think that brings fulfillment and not just being so self-absorbed and just living your own life. I think you'll have a lot more balance if, if you can give back. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Speaking of which, how are you finding joy in your creative side right now with your business? And, you know, what are you doing with your business? Are you, I know you've got products. Are you creating new products? Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, well, my business partner, Jordan Hall, and I are um, meeting with our, we have two new sets of investors coming in and that we're going to create a new, a new company. And so we're really excited about that. We're uh, meeting with them in Denver, uh, March 6th through the 8th. And we're going to coming up with a new CBD skincare line, Nano Infused, mm. which is fantastic. CBD has such amazing anti-inflammatory, anti-aging products, amazing hydrating. And then we are going to create a new makeup line. So we're working on that. It's super exciting. And then, of course, you know, we are keep trying to expand Pretty Girl and keep it going, you know, growing and doing well and um, and doing more photo shoots and I think for me, being a CEO, but also being a makeup artist is like a perfect balance because I'm in my office today, obviously, but I am looking forward to going meeting Miss Moreno on Friday and doing her makeup. It's fun to be able to have that. I am an artist at heart, so I really need that creativity to be able to express myself. It's just something that I know I am a better person, better business person when I'm able to have the balance of, of my artistic side of my life. Yeah, I so agree. And it sounds like too, I mean, based on the reflection of, you know, what kind of people are showing up in your life right now and these new opportunities, I'm a believer that you attract what you are. So you working on the inside of yourself and building the strength in you, becoming clearer and clearer about what you want in life, especially with your business and, you know, your creative side and that artistic side of you you're tapped into your heart and that's a pretty powerful place to be tapped into because it draws to you experiences that allow you to experience more joy and happiness and creativity. It's true. It is. And I think deciding, I say a lot of affirmations. Um, the universe loves me. I say that three times, you know, I, I say a lot of different affirmations. I accept and expect miracles. Um, so that kind of helps me when I'm having a moment to just kind of like go, okay. And I remember uh, my husband's uh, partner, Rob Seguso, that he won all the tournaments with, uh, one day called me and I, I forget what was going on, but he just said, he's kind of inherited me as his wife. Um, that's what Ken left him with me. <laughs> and I thank God I have him, he and his wife. But uh, he said, you know what? Ken married you because you're exceptional. Start acting mm -hmm. And that kind of like was like, ooh, okay, you're you're right. So I need to. Sometimes you need these little reminders and and to push yourself. And I think making you know being in uncomfortable places emotionally sometimes does bring growth. Mm -hmm. But and, and it's important. We have to keep growing, or we get stagnant and die, and life gets boring. So it's great to feel these. It's not. 
it's not great to feel these, the pain, but it's how I'm choosing to, to deal with it every day and, and make the world. I try, I tell my kids every time I get out of the car, like, go make the world a better place, make it better, leave whatever situation you are in better than when you left it, than when you arrived. So I, I, I try to do that every day. I agree. Sometimes, but yep. I try. Well, I want to thank everyone that's been here with us. I just want to acknowledge Robert and Nadia and Terry and some of these amazing people who've been on here with us on the show today. And it sounds like, too, from your, your husband's um, friend that he gave you a message that you received. And that, you know, sometimes I say to people, we need to train ourselves to receive. We are so, you know, what I like to call programmed to try to slough off, you know, something simple, like maybe somebody wants to take us out to lunch or somebody gives us kind words and says, you're beautiful or this or that. And it sounds like you received and you took action. Well, it was interesting. One of my friends said to me once, you know, you are so generous and loving and kind to everyone in the world, except yourself. Mm. And I, she said, you know, why are you beating yourself up? Like, and I thought about that. I'm like, why am I being so mean to myself? I didn't get enough done. I'm not, I'm not enough. I, you know, I need to do more. I, you know, and then I thought that that was really powerful to me to hear that, to, to think, wow, we need to be kind to ourselves. It's important. And, and again, I think as a culture, we don't give ourselves enough. Like we feel badly about getting a massage or going to yoga or taking a minute to have a nap or read a book. It's important that we take care of ourselves because I, I, my, I have an energy healer in Canada, Diane, and she's so amazing. But she always says to me, you cannot give an orange unless you have a basket of oranges to give. And so it's really important. I know I'm a better mother, a better friend, a better business person when I've worked out, eaten well, gotten some fresh air, made sure that my home feels clean and organized and beautiful, that there's fresh flowers and a candle. It's super important to have beauty around you. There's no, you shouldn't feel, I'm not going to feel guilty that I work myself. I work really, really hard to have this beautiful life, but, and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I, I work really hard. I have two jobs and sometimes I'll do consulting as a third job. So I work really hard and I shouldn't feel guilty that I have nice things. No one should. Right. I think it's important. And, and, and this is another thing. Tell us. People are so amazing, generous, and kind with their time. That's one thing. I'm so lucky that I've been able to meet with all these different CEOs. And, they, and I've done the same with others. Ask for help. People are so kind and generous. And you'd be shocked. People want help. And don't feel ashamed or, or embarrassed or something about asking for help. You're not asking, you know, for money. You're just saying, hey, what do you bounce off an idea of someone else? Or what's your experience? Or how do you think I should handle that? Oh, my gosh. Life is so much easier when you're willing to receive someone's help. Yep. And you know what I always say? And, and I can feel this from you when you're sharing this wisdom with us. You're tapped in, tuned in, and turned on to that higher vibration of what brings you more satisfaction and joy and, and, you know, allowing to receive. And it sounds like too, with sepsis awareness or sepsis alliance, you are giving back in a cause 
that is near and dear to your heart. So what's next with Sepsis Alliance? I think that I just am going to keep plugging along and just keep, I'm just going to try and keep raising awareness. That's all I can do and help raise money for them. And, you know, they're amazing and they do great things. And I hope that I can do that. And I hope that I can bring just by doing these interviews and speaking about grieving in a positive way, you can still honor your loved one, but, and not feel guilty about being happy or finding love again, or, having joy in your life. It's important. We don't realize that our, where we are emotionally affects so many people. I have children. I have a business partner. I have a big family and I have a lot of friends. If I'm in a bad emotional state, it's going to affect everybody. And I don't want them to have that burden of my uh, unhappiness. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're always there. I'm very lucky. I have an amazing support system, but it's so much better that, that they see me happy because if I'm positive and happy and healthy, then they are going to be that as well. And that's what I want my gift to the world, to my children and my friends and family is to give them love and joy so that they can feel it and then spread more. That's powerful. And I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge what Robert is saying here, asking for help just a little over a year, asking questions again. And this even allows me to realize I have a question I swore off them in a furious rage as a youngling, and it certainly inspired becoming a great listener. And, and it's like, you know, just you talking and sharing your process and the wisdom that you've acquired, you know, through a life that has been tragic, but you've overcome it and you're strong. No, no, tragic. no. no tragic. not tragic. Tragedies. Tragedies. Perfectly said. Yeah. I love that, that you, yeah. And that correcting me like that is so powerful because turning that completely around is so powerful because as you've already seen in this, you know, last time that we've been here on this interview, that how many people have been on this with us? How many people are attracted to your story and your message and, and the tools and just the, you know, the tips that you've shared with each of them and how they've been commenting and, and are touched. Oh, thank you. I, I feel so blessed that I'm actually able to have a platform that people want to hear what I have to say, that I can say something that might inspire someone else to do something. Everyone, I have learned this, that everyone grieves differently. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing I know for certain, grief doesn't go away. You can pretend, you can sweep it under the rug or pretend not to deal with it, but it's still going to be there. So I would urge people to go to counseling or group therapy or, you know, even a grief camp or read, uh, we plan and God laughs. It's really helpful to go through that grieving process and not feel guilty. Live your life to the fullest. Be happy. Laugh. It's so powerful to be able to have that ability to, to give back. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be the way I've done it with the educational foundations or the garden, figure out what it is that you feel that you can do for your loved, that you want to honor your loved one. How could you do that? And if we could all just do a tiny bit, it does make a difference in the world, helping someone else. It, it really, it really does. And it will feel so good. And it also feels good to me that my son, Bo, isn't forgotten. His name is on a plaque in front of this outdoor classroom and the Ken Flack Educational Fund and the Bo Friedman Educational Fund, like the Baby Bo Fund. I, I just, I, I feel so good about that. And I 
help. And if anyone wants to make a donation to uh, to the Northern Lights School, <clears throat> go to uh, northernlightschool.org, and that would be fantastic. And also, I wanted to mention, Jordan and I are giving a 25% discount um, on prettygirlmakeup.com and with the discount code prettygirl. So we would like to offer that to your guests or to your listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Christina Flack. And I just want to thank you for so much being on the show with us today. Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners, because we have our live show, as you can tell here, and our podcast. Go ahead and tell our listeners how they can reach you. Well, you can go to ChristinaFlack.com, um, PrettyGirlMakeup.com. And uh, that we're on Instagram, Christina Flack Makeup and Pretty Girl Makeup. And let's see, where else are we? LinkedIn. You're on YouTube. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, we're all over the place. But check out our lip gloss, um, oh, sepsis.org to find out more about the signs of sepsis. And I wish everyone a beautiful, healthy, happy, loving day. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I want to thank my viewers, as always, and my audience listeners for being here with me on the High Vibe Nation, a space for you to remember the power within you. You can reach out to us on the web at thehighvibenation.com, on Instagram, The High Vibe Nation, on Facebook, The High Vibe Nation. And once again, thank you as always for being here weekly with me on High Vibe Nation. Until next week, have an amazing week. Bye now. From everybody here at the High Vibe Nation, we want to say thank you for choosing to raise your vibration. And of course, please like, share, and subscribe. If you need to find us on the web, check us out at www.thehighvibenation.com. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode, and keep high vibing.